Hi, I'm Asil Ibrahim, and I head up the HR division at Tiger Recruitment. Welcome to Tiger HR Tales, a podcast series where I chat to HR experts and pick their brains on topics which are near and dear to them in the hope that it helps other HR professionals working today. I'm delighted to have Tracy Carlton from the Bank of London and the Middle East joining me today. Tracy's been at the BLME for about three and a half years, and she's the Director of HR and Corporate Communications. She's really shaken things up during her time there, and I'm delighted to welcome her as my podcast's first guest. Um, So thank you so much for joining me today. So you are actually my first ever guest on my first ever podcast. So I feel honored and I hope I, I can set the scene and, and stand it appropriately. So <laughs> you will. I think there'll be some big boots to fill. Um, so we are here today because um, as an HR recruiter, I speak to an awful lot of HR professionals on a daily basis. And something that was really, really noticeable to me from last year onwards was just how stressed and burnt out HR professionals were you know they were under so much pressure to get everything done everything was on their shoulders you know the business was resting upon their shoulders and that burden of responsibility was really taking its toll so um, I started to notice this phenomenon called HR burnout Mm -hmm. and it's a very um, there are a few articles out there written about it it's becoming an increasingly well-known topic Um, So I thought it would be good to talk to an HR pro today who is so focused on well-being and so focused on, you know, making everyone feel included um, and valued. So, you know, I thought who better to talk to um, than Tracy Carlton from the BLME. Um, Thank you. That's very kind. Uh, I'll start by defining, um, so like the dictionary definition for burnout is just, um, you know, it's a clinical term for physical or mental collapse caused by overwork or stress. But psychology today takes it one step further. So burnout, a state of emotional, mental and often physical exhaustion is brought on by prolonged or repeated stress is not simply a result of working long hours. The cynicism, depression, and lethargy that are characteristics of burnout most often occur when a person is not in control of how a job is carried out at work or at home. So in terms of that definition, it really taps into the kind of not being like feeling powerless and not having control over your working life. Does that resonate with you, Tracy? Yeah, you know, and I think it, I think it does. And I think, um, you know, and, and and prior to us speaking, Asil was really sort of reflecting on um, when you think about the type of person who's drawn to working in HR anyway, you know, even forget the pandemic, um, but it is usually it's people who do um, take satisfaction on caring for other people and who take that responsibility on board. So then when you add that layer of a pandemic, which none of us have navigated before, yet there was this, somehow this expectation that we would know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got your textbook definitions of what you think, you know, in, in a time of crisis or business interruption. Um, but that's usually when you think, you know, the building's on fire or something, but that's a temporary state, whereas this is prolonged. So, um, yeah, so I, I know, you know, and I speak for myself, I think the when I look back and actually I was thinking um, it's almost been a year um, that this yeah. has been going on for um, and and I 
I definitely felt there were times um, just through caring. And I think, again, that gets back to my point. People who are drawn to HR are people who, who genuinely care about people and the business results. Not to say that people who don't work in HR don't care about those things. <laughs> um, but And you do take, you feel responsible for the, um, the state of others. And, and the problem is, you know, um, you don't often make sure you um, look after yourself first um, and, and, and that can have consequences. Um, and I certainly know there's times I've had to either just stop um, and say no, you know, and, and, and find coping strategies. So because you, you feel that weight of responsibility and I think with the pandemic, everything touched HR, no matter what it was, there was something involved for HR to do. And also, and generally it was um, things that they hadn't navigated before. I don't think anyone knew what furlough meant before mm -hmm. the pandemic, even though that term had existed already. <laughs> um, health and safety, which usually comes under the HR remit as well. Mm. And then working from home, um, full, remote working, full remote working and I've certainly worked in an industry that the workforce was was a remote workforce. So for me, in theory, that should have been a, a walk in the park, yeah. but it was completely different. Um, so yeah, so there's definitely, I think there's been, and I think there's it's just been wave after wave and um, particularly as, you know, we with the, the, the status of lockdown where you're in lockdown, you're not, you're going to return to the office, you're not. So. Um, there's never been a, a period that's just um, where you could you knew for certain something was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you're so right about what you say about the kind of HR profession really attracts a certain type of real compassionate, you know, heartfelt, um, you know, leads with the heart kind of person. And I think, you know, that kind of empathetic personality trait does tend to, you know, take it all on. Um, and definitely, you know, that analogy of putting your oxygen mask on first before, you know, helping others, I think has never been more, um, more prudent. And also the mm. fact that a mask now means, you know, put your own mask on first <laughs> before you walk into Marks and Spencer's. Absolutely. So, you know, I think, yeah, I think the shifting um, sort of ambiguity that we've worked within over the last 12 months has been unprecedented. And, you know, who's had to write all those policies, who's had to nurture people who used to, you know, culture, you used to just be able to absorb when you walk yes. into the office and you don't have yeah. to worry about defining it constantly or trying to think of new ways of exporting that culture into people's homes. You used to just be able to walk in and, you know, soak up the vibes, um, interact with people. Um, and now, you know, that does all rest on HR professionals' shoulders, like working, you know, remotely and the entire workforce working remotely. And, you know, everyone's got their own challenges, you know, working around a table, sharing a Wi-Fi connection with housemates, you know, homeschooling at the same time, everyone's faced lots of different sorts of challenges. And I think, you know, not everyone has super fast internet and not everyone has mm. a home that they're comfortable sharing in meetings. And, you know, it could be any number of things and that just layers in extra stress as well. Um, but yeah, I think there's been so much pressure on HR professionals to kind of step up to the plate. And I think, you know, those, um, it's a little bit unsustainable to kind of continue to work that in that way. True. Um, yeah. Have you noticed any of your team kind of showing signs of burnout or anything like that? 
I think, you know, we, we are, what's good, I think, and is that we're kind of attuned to one another's thresholds, or we know when, when, when things are going to be too, you know, quite tough. And I think it's really um, making sure that you have that um, working relationship where you can say, actually, hang on, I, I just can't take this anymore, or I need a break, or you can, and you can speak up, or you recognize um, in others and think, hang on a minute, you know what, don't worry, just leave it, or today, that's enough, there's nothing further we need to do, and drawing the line there yeah. too. Um, and I think we're, we, you know, and it's, I'm, I think it's something I have to do more as a leader as well, is we've got these great initiatives for the rest of the workforce, but it's also saying, no, 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 you know, we have a walk on a Wednesday where between 2.30 and 3, we say no meetings can be booked and everyone has to go and go for a walk. Just get out, leave your desk, leave it and go for a walk. And um, I almost feel guilty because I'm still tapping away. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, this is supposed to be good for me. And, and so um, I should be out there leading the way. But actually, it is just um, taking that time. And I think I'll speak for myself. You know, the other day, um, I think it was after we had hit 100,000 deaths. Um, mm. And that flashed up on my phone. And I, I think personally, I... For some reason, I kept thinking, as long as we don't get to 100,000 deaths, um, mm. I, I think I'll be okay. As long that will be, it'll be fine. If mm. it's not fine, of course, but that for me, I think that was my threshold. Um, mm. And I, and um, so we had hit that. And then I think I realized I was supposed to be starting Zoom calls and I was supposed to be in two places at once. And then I got, I couldn't, and something, it was all just going wrong. And, and I remember just, I just thought, I can't do this anymore. And I thought, no, actually, you know what? It fixed the problem. And then I went and laid down on my couch and I went, this is my, my walk on a Wednesday. It wasn't Wednesday, but it's, yeah. it's actually those moments of saying, right, I, I just need yeah. to lie here um and not look at my phone and I just need to rest mm. and um and just take some time and and interestingly enough I you know then had dinner and and said good night to my daughter and bath time and all that sort of stuff mm. and then later on I was able to log on and just be so much more effective so it's it is something I I certainly have noticed it in myself when you have those waves um yeah. and it really and it's just teaching yourself to recognize you're an employee too, and you mm. deserve the same experience and care um, exactly. as what you set up for others. That is so, so true. And I think, you know, being the sort of company matriarch almost, you know, you're constantly putting people first and coming up with these great ideas and thinking and brainstorming about how to make life nicer for everyone, coming up with those policies and then not, you know, not taking advantage of all those wonderful things yourself. And I think it's up to all like business leaders to really lead by example in terms of work-life balance mm. um, and like taking care of themselves because, you know, it's so nice to be told to go and have an afternoon off, but it's also so much nicer when your, you know, HR leaders or your line manager or whoever it might be is also doing that. And, you know, there might be little funny messages on the company WhatsApp group or the team WhatsApp or something like that, where you're kind of sharing that experience together. Um, I, I, it's interesting what you said about the wet walk on a Wednesdays thing, because Wednesdays really lend themselves well to like a kind of well-being day. Mm. Um, and an awful lot of companies have got like well-being Wednesdays and that kind yes. of thing. 
um, there's a part of me that wonders like how do we make it every day how do we make that an everyday thing or is that just completely unrealistic no I think it's it's not um, but I, I mean the reality is will it be every day maybe it won't mm. be but I think signaling the message that um, you should have a lunch break every day yeah. or you've got you know where we have the walk on the Wednesdays we have the yoga sessions um, mm. on Thursday evenings um, and you've got we've got other moments too so it doesn't matter how many people do it but it's just signaling and almost those subliminal messages that it's okay to take a break. And yeah. it's really important, I think, to participate um, as a leader as well. Although you don't want to put that, I remember sort of one moment lockdown thinking, there's a yoga class, but I've got my daughter's ballet lesson and hang on who, oh, how am I going to do this? And I remember sort of half logging on my phone to try and do a meditation or yoga class. And then I've got the ballet lesson. And so, and I'm thinking, actually, this isn't working. So it's also knowing and being okay with saying actually that that we've got it with um and it's okay if i don't participate too so mm. so i think um but it's getting into that back to your question of can it be a daily thing it really should be um yeah and i think even the lunch breaks um i mean lunch breaks from work were designed um you know based on um you know our attention spans and levels and productivity so really as a business we should be encouraging yes you need to have an hour off for lunch because then imagine the productivity increases <laughs> so it's actually only beneficial so it's yeah. a it's it's funny how we don't actually sort of pay more attention to that when it actually is you get you know probably get better rewards from it um and i think it's encouraging that discipline and i know my team we have a whatsapp um group and my colleagues will say stopping for lunch now um i'm going great enjoy great so we all know and and mm. um but it's also that message and and then if i don't get that message that they're stopping for lunch i, I kind of know hang on a minute what's going on mm. um this shouldn't be happening too so um but it's yeah. taking the lunch break myself <laughs> i've got exactly. to get a bit better at <laughs> yeah and you know it's so hard when we're at home because you know you might be you might be already working where you would normally have lunch anyway so yeah I think getting yeah. outside like the walk on a Wednesdays thing I'm actually going to suggest um as a tiger initiative as well because it's so um being there's something transformative and healing about being outside and I think when you're at home you can kind of really get stuck into your own head a little bit I get really into my own head and I just Indeed. like suddenly yeah. it's night time you don't even know what time it is and you're still working and you know, you kind of need that outside connection. Um, so in terms of like promoting a work-life balance, like that seems to be like a key mitigator for burnout, whether that's HR burnout or, mm. or um, sort of other um, burnout. What, um, what do you think, what, what kind of things have you done um, at work? What kind of things have you been kind of coming up with in terms of like initiatives to promote that? So we have, um, I think, for example, the, the um, walk on a Wednesday, we, and which the CEO has also um, made sure, you know, he's talked about to the wider bank as well, that, you know, I was out there, I grabbed my umbrella, I um, <laughs> just needed to clear my head too. We've um, also had social events too, although we're conscious of striking that balance with screen time that, 
that ongoing screen time can be really exhausting. Um, but we had a crystal maze challenge where we did the dome from home, which was so much fun. And I remember leading up to it, I thought, I really don't have time. For this. I could really just use this hour. But I thought, no, I'm going to do it. And I cannot tell you just how the buzz I felt afterwards and 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 just, you know, the, being able to laugh and have fun. And we were still able to connect. And I remember my daughter joined in um, you sort of with the, the challenges that, that I was sort of assigned. Um, so I think it's having that balance of social events, but also not making it too busy too. So, um, and then we've also said, look, let's, over Christmas let, let, or the, the break, you need to have a rest on the weekends. Let's try not um, make sure you're not trying to catch up on work as well. Um, so we've tried to reintroduce our um, yoga and um, other group exercise classes mm -hmm. too. Um, we have had guest speakers come and talk about mental health and resilience. Um, and we had a wonderful um, woman called Claire Nelson come and speak. She had written a book, um, Things I've Learned from Falling. And um, we heard her story and it was really about um, surviving and resilience in extreme circumstances. But she also talks a lot about her time in London of working and being on that treadmill mm. or that hamster wheel rather. Um, yes. We sent the book out um, to, we, to, uh, to our colleagues and Claire was kind enough to sign them too. So I think we, we try, we've tried ways of um, encouraging obviously relaxation and reading too so um so that people can in their time you know take time off we're sending you a book to, so that you a can enjoy the story but also um you know have a have a break from work and then focus on on um your well-being and and hearing about another story of um of resilience and 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 trying to find balance in life too yeah, that all sounds amazing. And I've actually made a note of that book. Um, I'm going to be um, looking that up after this, um, for sure. Um, I love all of that kind of like, it's okay to fail, like that whole kind of movement of like, you know, you learn as much from falling and failure as you do from success. Um, and it's so important to be like kinder to ourselves and just to kind of allow ourselves to have those moments. I guess another challenge from HR professionals is that you're organizing these things, you know, it's less, mm, yes. it's really fun to just show up and log on, but is, is it as fun when you're kind of trying to navigate everything and make sure that everyone's kind of there and, you know, on time no, and it's really no, not it's as not. fun. No, <laughs> no. And that's the added pressure. And I think um, there's, it's funny before the crystal base challenge, um, you know, I was, people I was trying to get the groups together, make sure everyone had their zoom, you know, for their room and, and, and I said to my colleagues, don't, if I ever come up with this idea again, can you remind me? I don't want to take on this pressure anymore. But then actually, again, it gets back to um, what draws me to HR. And there is that intense pressure. It's it's a thankless task sometimes. And I don't think people understand the um, organization and the pressure that goes on behind it because it's, you know, you're the one that's decided the activity. And if people hate it, they they just get to say that, but they don't, there's no other consequence for that. So um, it, there are times where I have said, I just want to be a participant. I just want to be an employee. Like when we have a town hall, I would just like to sit back and experience it as an employee myself. Um, but what I've, there's been times actually, and I've said to my um, colleagues on the executive committee, 
if there's a question that comes up about annual leave, we've all made the decision. I don't want to be the one to answer it. So I, I'm going to ask you if there is a question on anything I would like, or people related, I would like you to answer it. And actually they have, there's been, um, I think, and I've, there's, I've attended and they've answered the questions, which I, which I think is really important too, because it shouldn't be HR coming up with all the solutions for people. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's important um, and to empower people or to give them permission so they don't sort of look to me and go, well, how do we do that? And it's actually, it's, you know, it's intuitive. It's thinking actually, thinking what, you know, how can we get the best out of people? That's all you've really got to ask yourself and obviously happy to provide guidance, but it's sharing that workload too. But it, it is definitely stressful. Um, and you, you know, and again, maybe it's my personality type. I worry, I want people to like it. I want mm. people to feel connected. So um, I probably put that pressure on myself as well, which I probably don't need to. Yeah, and I guess, you know, being an HR professional is almost like being in the eye of the storm a little bit, because it's like, you know, you're everyone everything around you might be kind of like in turmoil and you're the kind of anchor that is there um completely trying to remain calm and trying to remain supportive and trying to come up with all the bits and bobs for everyone to be doing yes. and it's like you know how you know what what could a solution be because a part of the problem is that the personality traits often create this in the first place that it's like no no I'm taking this on I'm doing this <laughs> it's my responsibility to look after you guys but also like you know how well, you know what kind of things can we do to kind of coach ourselves out of this and to share the workload out like you know letting people kind of come up with things themselves and what about letting them host it as well you know um, and then you can just be like an attendee like anyone else do you think that's a way forward I, I think it is, but with some guidance and some support and encouragement, because it is a big step. And and I know um, you, people have said to me, yeah, but Tracy, you just do it so well. And I just, I don't want to step on your toes. And I think, you know, you it's just so much better when you do it. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, mm, nice try. Um, but you know what I, I think has been, has been interesting too. And it, I guess it goes back to, when you talk about being an authentic leader, and I think HR, no matter what role you're doing, you're you're automatically seen as a form of a leader in terms of how to look after people, and I think it's that um, that insight of being vulnerable and letting them letting people see that you are vulnerable too, and you're a person. Um, and I know, you know, throughout this year, there's been a couple of times where some of my colleagues have seen where I've just gone, oh, I'm not coping, you know, and I just let off, you know, and, and kind of had a rant. And yeah. they went, that was fantastic to see because you never do lose it. And me seeing you, now I know you're normal. Like you just know that was so good. And it was funny. And, and you know, um, so I think. And then I knew now they know, you know, they can see the signs too. So I think it's letting yourself be vulnerable as well. And you don't have to hold up that front. You, it's okay to just say, hang on, this is too much. We're not coping. And, and maybe have your little rant session. Yeah. And um, so, um, and then what I found is we've all been able to laugh about it after I felt okay to do it. And I didn't feel like I had to mm. hold it together all the time. And yeah, um, so I think that's, that's the key yeah to, it's, it's showing your vulnerability um and it makes you more authentic as a as a person too 
Yeah, and I think when you're so strong all the time, people think they need to be so strong around you and it will yeah. feel almost like a failure, Yeah, you know, if they are less than perfect, if you are always so perfect on the outside. And I think, you know, I think that's a lesson that anyone can take on. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of having a meltdown. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of like, you know, letting it out. And, you know, I love a good cry. I love a good rant. Yeah. I love losing my temper. You know, rarely, yeah. it rarely happens, but when it does, I've normally got a good reason for it. And yeah. I think, you know, I, I used to be, um, you know, responsible for like 150 people that reported into like me and my management team when I, in my past life as a retail manager. And it was like, you know, I knew that my responsibility was not to be Miss Perfect all the time, as much as everything in me wanted to be that person. I wanted to be the best I could be, but actually it's, it's kinder sometimes to, to be, you know, human rather than yeah, perfect. Absolutely. And, and, and in fairness, I have, I've got uh, lots of amazing colleagues and um, it's been really wonderful actually um, that many, and, and I have to acknowledge this, have taken the time to send in a card to say, look, you guys have spent so much time looking after us. I just need you to know it really makes a difference. And I mm. think we just felt renewed and energized by that. And I, I often, I've got a great network within the business um, who, who check in with me saying, hang on, how are you doing? I just want to check in on mm. you. Um, so I think it's important as well to sort of establish that mutual support network. Um, and yeah. yeah, so that's been, I, I feel blessed in that respect that we do have great colleagues who, who say, um, you know, who recognize our energy seems tireless and we keep doing it, but we're also people and employees too. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you can probably take credit for some of the good recruitment decisions there. <laughs> True tiger <laughs> recruitment. <laughs> that's not where I was going, but yes, also us. Um, Something else I wanted to mention is, you know, you are you are lucky to have, um, you know, an amazing team within HR. You know, my heart breaks for a lot of, um, you know, standalone HR professionals who are really struggling yeah. and having to just do everything and more. Yeah. But, you know, my I really urge um, HR leaders, if they have a team, to really lean on them and to, you know, allow them the opportunity to shine because, it's you know if you get into the habit of thinking that you need to do everything you know it kind of demotivates the team beneath you because they just kind of want a chance but from what I've seen of your team and from what I've heard about you you really have that down so how do you do it and what tips can you give to other HR leaders who are listening to this? Um, I think I mean it is important there are times uh, being the head of HR that I'm, there's things I can't share with my team, um, but it's finding, um, I think it's good to have support networks where you can um, just sound out some decisions. I think that's really key. And it's that isolated decision-making um, that, uh, that is, I think, um, something to be mindful of. A, because you don't, sometimes the weight of that responsibility of not being able to talk to someone about it that can, you know, that can affect your judgment and also it, it, it represents an operational risk. So I think it's finding 
making sure you've got someone else in the business of a peer that you can trust mm-hmm. um, if there are some highly sensitive issues that you've got to discuss. And also just say, look, sense check, I, I, this is my situation. This is what I'm planning to do about it. Um, but if you can within your team as well, you've got to build that trust of confidence to say, right, here's the situation. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? too Mm -hmm. so but I I think that's where it can be and I really do feel for standalone HR professionals Um, uh, but again that's where it's great to I think have a network of people that you can trust or a very small group Um, and if you need to tap into and find out from you know from them if you had a situation you obviously talk hypothetically or without breaching confidence and, and find out you can get some great information. Um, and usually you'll find an HR person on the end who completely understands and goes, oh, yes, <laughs> we yes. had that situation. Um, you might want to consider consider this. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's definitely important to have trust within your team and also have people that you can just sense, check your ideas so you're not mm-hmm. having to make those decisions alone. Sometimes it's good to, I mean, I to have an, um, you know, with your employment lawyer as well is generally that that's always a good sounding board. Although I appreciate, you know, sometimes the <laughs> bills that come with that don't always make that possible. Yeah. Um, so if not, it, it's certainly um, having networks to, um, and then using resources. There's the CIPD helpline you can also call as well, which a lot of people are members of. Um, and, and sometimes you can sound things out that way too, mm-hmm. or ACAS as well. Yeah, ACAS are amazing um, and all completely run by volunteers, it turns yeah. out amazing. Um, yeah, no, there's some really good tips there. And I think, you know, again, like I just really urge, you know, if you've if you've got a team, lean on them, share your problems, talk to them, you know, don't take, um, don't carry the burden of everything on your shoulders. And as Tracy said, like confidential stuff is still confidential, but, you know, there are, there's a whole lot of stuff um, that we can, you know, share. Um, so, well, I mean, I feel like I am much more knowledgeable after this conversation and I also feel inspired. Um, I've got some great tips um, from my com- from my peers in my company on, you know, how we can look after ourselves a bit better because as much as, you know, HR professionals have kind of been disproportionately affected by the pandemic, I believe strongly from the conversations I've been having. Um, and my heart really goes out to my candidates and clients and friends within HR who are experiencing this. Um, one thing we haven't talked about is mental health days. Mm. They're such an important, um, I mean, people would previously have referred to this as like a company benefit, but it's, you know, to call, you know, a sick days um, and mental health day as a company benefit is, um, you know, it doesn't really, doesn't really sit right with me. Um, You know, some companies are offering equal amounts of mental health days and sick days. Um, Some other companies are also offering like unlimited mental health days, um, you know, paid, just trying to put people's well-being at the forefront. And what are your thoughts on mental health days? Um, I, I haven't worked for a company where they've had, um, where they've offered something or like that. I know, I, I've certainly heard of it. I know sometimes people use the term duvet days. Um, and, and I think it's, yeah, I, I don't really know how I feel about it, but I know what we 
Um, I think I'm not sure that's the solution. That's almost just trying mm. to treat something with with a day, whereas actually we should be looking at the root cause. Um, and a I think educating around mental health um, in the first place, um, which is what we've done. We've trained everyone. We we had mental health awareness training for everyone. Um, and we had line manager sessions so to help them support people. So I, I think, um, I feel like that's almost trying to um, put a, a, a plaster, you know, over a gaping wound. <laughs> so, and yeah. it, it might provide a small amount of comfort, but doesn't actually take away, um, you know, it doesn't manage the situation long-term. So, I mean, we offer, um, we've got a generous annual leave um, uh, allowance so I think it's those things to encourage people to take time off regular time off yeah. and balance out with all the well-being with the education piece around mental health keeping that on the agenda making sure that's spoken about and um, and acknowledging um, you know when when we know there's heightened periods of stress for people recognizing that so I feel mm. I feel they're probably more constructive ways of actually trying to manage it um, rather than having this day. And I feel sometimes it's undermined when people say, I'm, I'm going to have a mental health day. Um, and, you know, for people who, who do have mental health challenges, um, you know, I, I, I worry about does that diminish their experience and that it doesn't, a day, you know, having a day off doesn't make it go away. It requires a lot of intervention um, on different from different sources and different methods. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm saying I'm probably mm. I'm probably not a fan. I think there's lots that you can do to support a workforce um, bef without doing that. Um, and what are you? Yeah, what are the results that you want? You want a, a great place to work where people can come, they can talk about the challenges, and it can be a dialogue that that happens with their team or their manager, mm. um, and more flexibility is provided. Um, to help yeah. them, you know, be successful in their role. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, your mental health isn't just like a cold where you can take, you know, a couple of days off in bed and, you know, drink some, yeah. um, you know, hot tea. I think I, I love what you've said here because that really does resonate with me. I think, you know, if if your job is affecting your mental health, then what what can we do? Is your workload disproportionate? Do you work with people who are not um, empathetic or don't um, click, you don't click with and they don't get the best out of you? Do you have a difficult line manager who is, you know, really demotivating you? What is it? Is your commute killing you? Like, what is that? You know, uh, is it a combination of all of these things? And, you know, um, you know, a good HR team who really care and support about the, uh, care and support their workforce, you know, those are all the kind of conversations that we're having with people throughout the year. And it's not just when you reach breaking point and you can't face going in, you know, what, what has led to that um, situation mm. and is it work related or is it, is it not? And if it's not, then we can also try and help, you know? Yeah. 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 I think that's, um, that's a really, that's a lot of food for thought. And I think, um, you know, it's probably hopefully a lot of food for thought for um, some people listening as well. So, well, um, I've really loved today. It's been a really great conversation. Um, I feel um, informed and motivated um, and richer for it. And I hope um, our listeners will feel the same. Um, Tracy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know how busy you are and I love how much 
you know how willing you were just to kind of give up your time to come and talk to me um about something that's so important and so fundamental to um you know hr professionals at the moment there's so much um strife out there but hopefully bluer skies are on the horizon hopefully thank you so much for for um inviting me along and 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 it's certainly my first podcast and i remember saying to my colleagues and my teammates saying i've got to face my fears so they become my friend and you know and and actually we i i probably need to do more um, in that space of, um, you know, helping to share learning and, and share best practice as well too. So yeah, thank you for giving the opportunity to do that. No, that's and, and I hope you, I'm, I hope you found it beneficial and, and I hope some of the listeners too, have, um, it's given some food for thought to them as well. Mm-hmm.